Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello there. Thank you ever so much for tuning in to this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I'm Toby Milden and today I'm joined by Mark Baker. So I met Mark a couple of years ago when I was leaving a job in the city as a DNI leader to set up my own diversity and inclusion uh, consultancy. And uh, I think Mark and I connected on LinkedIn to begin with because uh, I found out that he was organizing a conference for diversity and inclusion leaders and practitioners. And if memory serves me right, I think I was trying to blag a free ticket out of him. But we met up and um, we, we got on well and we've kept in touch because actually we were at similar points in our entrepreneurial journey. So I thought it'd be really good to get Mark along to this episode of the show because uh, we're a couple of years now into running both of our businesses. And uh, over the last couple of years, we've kept in touch. I've spoken at a couple of his conferences and uh, been involved in training that he organizes. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to, to catch up. So, hey, Mark, welcome, welcome to the show. Hello, Toby. Hi, good morning. And thanks for the lovely introduction. Yeah, great to see you see you as well. I guess two years. It is two years. I think it's two years probably almost to the day since we since we met. <laughs> it is. It is. Time flies. Time flies because I left I left my job in the city uh, in just before Christmas 2018. Mm. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, <laughs> I have to do maths really quickly then, um, and and we're just coming up to Christmas 2020 when we're recording this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, almost two years. So, so Mark, um, why did you set up DNI Leaders? Gosh, a good a good question, um, and and I'll try and answer it as quick as possible. I guess there was there was a lot of things happening in my life and my career. I'd reached that. It sounds so we're saying it, but forty. Wow, the big four O, which is not old, but there was a there was a, a lot of things. I was in a very comfortable job. I <laughs> had a very successful career, twenty years in in events, events research, and something inside me just wanted to disrupt myself. And you know, it was uh, you know, it dawned on me really that I would hope to work for another twenty plus years. And I felt my, my I felt my fire, my energy had gone down. And that's no disrespect to my previous employer. I was very had the freedom to set up a whole business there for several years, set up a big events team, had worked my way to the board there. But there was some fire. I got disconnected from what I did, the, the events. Ultimately, I'm an events professional. I connect people. And I was more about strategy and people. And I something, there was a hunger to get back to, to basics. But then it also, at the same time, there was that reflection in my personal life. I would um, I think our son had lived with us for three years that we'd adopted two, three years by then. My mum had moved down from rural Wales, where I'm from. And so I've been commuting an hour horrendous drive actually to the country and I really wanted to be closer to them. I wanted to be, there was a need to be physically near family and to, to get back to basics with events really quick. I was questioning why, you know, it was all being come about the money and it was less about why, what an event is, why do we run events? Who are they for? What's the purpose? What happens when the event finishes? Um, 
So I was longing to to get reconnect really and build something that I was personally connected to, um, but would also offer me um, the chance to be closer to to family um, and friends and build something the way I wanted to do rather than always going to work for somebody else. So sorry if that answers it, but it's kind of all of that. And and I guess the connection with DNI was um I we'd done something else where we taken events around sustainability for sustainability professionals and really ripped up the rule book and gone back to basics with the team. And I was part of that project at my last company and it started to see that if you you don't have to do things the same way, you can build a community and and be part of that community, not just serving, offering events. So we'd done something there that really excited me and I thought I would like to do that different. And I originally thought that it would be looking at, at um, inclusion, looking at more board governance, taking on my yeah. board experience. But the researcher in me, as soon as I locked myself away for a couple of months to sort of explore corporate governance, I started to get drawn much more to the inclusion people element of the of the board role and by accident came across the DNI role or that area of business. Um, yeah. So I instantly gravitated to that and thought, right, let's go with that. I know how to run an event, run an event on that topic it, and let's just see where that goes. And, and two years later, it's become something more than I, I kind of ever expected. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, you know, you've, you've written, you've ripped up the rule book um, for, for events. And um, if anyone's been to your events and conferences, they are pretty special in my opinion. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you know, you. I've, I've been there as, I've been a few times as a participant and I, I've spoken for you a couple of times and I've been involved in some of your uh, latest initiatives, which is more kind of training rather than conferencing type stuff. But when, when you set up DNI leaders, what was important to you? What, what were some of the important principles that you wanted to put in place? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I had this idea of, of, a, of the events and an events based business that I wanted to build. Um, but, you know, I, I also needed it to be commercial, I needed it to to pay my wages, support my family and, and, uh, you know, hopefully support other people's income. As, as well so I really needed to look at what I wanted to do um, do for good but also you know I think you can only do you can the freedom to do good is often when you have an underpin it with a sound commercial um, offer allows you that freedom to do so um, so yeah when I when I set it up I really wanted to I think I've mentioned my research background so I wanted to build um, I wanted to base it on research with practitioners. So I really wanted to put content first. That was my main thing. So I, uh, it sounds obvious, but you know, many events are built on sponsor commercial money first, and then you organize an event once you've got that money in. So I wanted to stand on our own two feet and people would pay for tickets to come to our events based on the content. If we yeah. had sponsors, that would be secondary. And that's how I've still continue to do it, which, which, um, uh, for a lot of people, doesn't make great commercial sense. You know, maybe I'm missing out there, but that's the approach we take. And then we work, then we find a few sponsors who, who we work with. But it takes a lot more time um, to do that, but I think it's worth it. I also wanted to make sure that, you know, when I focused on diversity, I didn't just talk about diversity, that we did give a platform to diverse voices. Uh, again, an obvious one, but in many industries I've worked at, you know, in um, it's quite often 
you know, it'll be senior white middle-class males that will be dominant. You know, when I came to this sector and looking at uh, sort of the HR and D&I profession in the UK, you know, I found that that a lot of the people in those roles would be um, would be white women. And it didn't chime. So, you know, nothing wrong with that. But how are we going to reflect the voices that we're talking about if we're talking about social mobility, ethnicity, disability? You know, so it's I really wanted to just stop. And every time I put a program together, really stop and look and think, can we um, ensure that we, you know, have a diverse um, representation in the in the programs? And then the other element was this free element. So whilst we're doing all of this work on our conferences, they couldn't just be these conferences happening behind closed doors that that people had to pay to go to. So quickly what I did, um, I always made membership free and that's what we wanted to do from the start. And then gradually we've built up a bank of more and more free content. So initially all the reports from our events, real practical reports. I worked with a uh, a local journalist, Joe Farragher, who who's really helped work with me on that. So we we can offer that out, and that's something we'll continue to do. And you know, and then other elements you mentioned. Um, you know, we I wanted to take bits of our events have a carbon impact. So making sure we offset carbon, we look at the sustainability of of our events, working with local food producers, for example, with the venue, um, and now working with my clear text across all of our events offering um, subtitles as well um, and then looking to support uh, charities as well uh, where yeah. we can yeah and one of the other things i like about your conferences is that they are um, for diversity and inclusion practitioners with diversity and inclusion practitioners because so many events um, bring in kind of outside consultants but yeah, the, the the I suppose like the experience of being an in-house diversity and inclusion practitioner is very different to being outside council, um, and so the the people that are on your stage are the people that work in businesses and are delivering on diversity as part of their job and then sharing their experiences and knowledge. Yeah, with yeah, I've been quite. You know, when I started looking at this area, and we come on to that. It was it's such a huge, enormous area, you know, D and I, and we use, you know, all these acronyms to cover what is, you know, essentially the, all of us and it's all the different facets of, of us. It's huge, um, you know, so varied. So I really, when I started putting the events together, I easily got sidetracked and you think, how am I going to do justice to all of these areas? But I actually thought, no, I've, I, I need to know who I'm offering this to. And a lot of uh, other events I was looking at um, were where, where, where um, we're very broad and didn't cut to the chase of how are you going to make this difference in in a working environment. So I quickly, for my own sanity, really decided that I would focus on the DNI practitioner, and that could be you know HR recruitment talent, but someone who was making sure that their work, workplace was inclusive and the policy and practice and talk to them and feature them. So yeah, you're right. We tend to have mainly in-house DNI practitioners. Um, talking, sharing what they're learning. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably our USP is that I've stuck true to that. And I have to do, you know, quite often I have to tell myself that to keep the programs narrow, you know, so they, you know, who who's the audience here and what are we trying to achieve? So, yeah, but I do, you know, we bring in outside voices as well. But, you know, like yourself, Toby, and there's lots of other people we work with, I tend to find they've either had, um, they've got good solid business experience and that's what they're bringing people business experience that they can talk about 
Brilliant. So what have you personally learned about diversity inclusion since you've created the DNI leaders uh, events and conferences? Yeah, I guess, um, well, as I said, I've really tried to offer a platform. So, you know, I've really stopped, uh, you know, myself, I've, I've spoken to lots of people. So I've tried to widen my my circle of people that I talk to, 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 you know, to put myself out there and, and talk to many people. So that, that's what I spend most of my days doing is talking to um, people. I try and book as many calls as possible. So I really listen. And I think that's all you, you know, you can do is educate and listen. So um, I'm not a huge reader of books. My attention span is not that great. So um, <laughs> I, I, I do get get lost online. You know, on LinkedIn, you'll see I'm living on there talking to people. Obviously, that's a narrow audience. I, I spent hours online reading, watching um, TED Talks, videos, other things to to increase my my knowledge. And then, you know, and I'm starting now. We've mentioned there that I'm working with charities, NGOs, and I'm personally taking a a role in that. I've been working with the Aletto Foundation um, for the last year as a as a mentor through their program this summer, which, which identifies and, and and brings together young people from with disadvantaged backgrounds in 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 business. So that's been a real great experience and something that I'm going to continue to to do. Yeah, that's really cool. That's cool. So, um, Mark, you know, we're we're recording this conversation um, just at the end of November. Um, we're in the pandemic, and I'm just wondering how you've adapted your organisation, really, because the events industry has probably been one of the hardest hit indus- uh, industries throughout the pandemic in 2020. Um, events have been cancelled. People are going out of business, but actually, you're you're doing really well, and you're you're thriving as an organisation. So, how, what what have you done to 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 adapt and and continue doing what you're doing? Yeah, thanks, Toby. Um, yeah, it was a huge. Like everyone is impacted differently, and I think it hasn't anyone. It hasn't impacted this crisis, but it, it, it we were going along nicely very busy we had a whole plan of another 10 events running workshops all these other things and it just you know stopped i think the the our lgbt at work event was the last event to sort of happen and we were already having to the night before the venue canvassing saying we needed to canvass attendees exactly where they had to sign a declaration where they traveled recently so it was really a case of right but this is this is happening now and and i could see this tsunami coming um from from uh, sort of overseas people I knew running overseas Asia events, I could see that this was coming. So we, you know, we 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 looked at our events, we obviously cancelled those events, and then we just stopped and breathed. So there's a lot of admin involved in, in cancelling events, communicating that to people, making sure, um, and then just really taking stock and thinking, actually, where do events sit? Events isn't the most important thing that's happening right now. There's bigger things happening. What are our audience doing? They're, you know, thinking... So we just went quiet for about a month, not behind the scenes, but we just stopped and we put out a survey um, for DNI practitioners, and that threw up a wealth of information. It was originally to share, so DNI practitioners could share how they've been supporting their employees with what was happening, the working from home, so to share good practice. But it really showed up. We, I think, we asked a question there about the well-being of DNI practitioners, and 
you know what was shared with us uh, was was really overwhelming it was very personal it wasn't you know information we could share but it was people really saying how they were struggling um personally with what was happening and in the role that they were performing in their business how how that was they were really struggling so we we stopped and um, thought, "What's our role in all of this? What is DNI Leaders now? We're not we're not a physical events. What what do we do? You know, we've been producing some news, and we've been doing some. I've mentioned some reports, but it really forced us to pivot online. Um, and um, and we did that through the short online conversations that we've been running these forty minutes. I stopped and thought. You know, everybody's really busy right now. What would what would I stop for? And it would be something short, interesting, and um, that I could listen to or listen to on the go. And um, and that's what we did. So I started bring, putting those together in May. We ran five in May. And that's been most of the summer. We've ran 18 of those now, um, covering all sorts of things, you know, looking at neurodiversity, looking at intersections of color, LGBT, color and class. We've been looking at neurodiversity. Um, you know, we've got stuff coming up around psychological safety. So that's what we became really was this, I've built an on a studio here in the, in the, in the office and at home. And we've been continuing conversations online and it's mean, and it's really meant that um, we've managed to widen our, our audience globally, um, which we'd never been able to do before. So it's been a, a an interesting time, but it's been a time of reflection on what the purpose of DNI leaders is. It's forced me personally and the team to get to grips with technology that we hadn't had to before. So it's been a huge learning curve, which I've enjoyed. And, you know, and look at, at how we offer events online going forward. So it's, um, yeah, it's been it's been a, an interesting time, but I think we've come out, we will be coming out stronger. And I think DNI leaders is, is much stronger uh, for it. Absolutely. And and where's DNI leaders going in the future? What, what what have you got in store? Yeah. Um well, to build out more free content. So I think, you know, we've got a huge resource bank now. We've always said membership was free, but it's now opening that up to more people. So we're building out more news stories. We've got more survey, another survey coming out, benchmarking survey for DNI leaders. And then looking at ways to facilitate my next step is looking at how we can share information between members. So it's really clear at a lot of our events, people have policies, documents, other things that they are happy to open up to other businesses to share. So it's what, what can we do to share that 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 information and that learning? So looking at that, you mentioned training, which we've ran with yourself, um, Fiona Daniel and Gamilia Fai. So again, looking at the skills of the DNI professional and what what role can we play in professional um development maybe people who've just moved into the role or are thinking of moving into the role so we're doing quite a bit around professional development but really i just invite people to tell me what they want from dni leaders you know i i want to listen and that's what we you know i constantly evolve dni leaders there isn't an end goal to all of this it's it's ultimately um to do what we can do what people want so yeah, tell me, tell me what they want from DNI leaders, and I will try cool. to do and that. So this is, of course, the Inclusive Growth Show, and I'm intrigued to find out what inclusive growth means for you. Yes, gosh, yep, yeah, you managed. You managed to drop in your book there, didn't you? There we go. Yeah. See how you've done that. But I always <laughs> managed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, inclusive growth. Well, for me, I think it, you know, after it means. Uh, the inclusive groups is where everybody is lifted up so no one is left left behind um but appreciating that we're all different so that some people may need more support to get there than others 
Um, so to me, I guess that, yeah, that's what it means. That's brilliant. And um, if the person listening to our conversation today wants to learn more about DNI leaders, um, perhaps they want to become a member of your online community. How would they go about doing that? Yeah, just well, just go to our website, and I'm hoping that information will all be there very clear. But go to www.dileaders.com, um, and if they just click on the membership tab at the top, they can sign up. It's just a few fields, and um, so uh, you know they'll then get access to all of our reports, all our on-demand presentations, recordings, um, and uh, yeah, they'll also then start getting our newsletter, which we send out monthly. Um, and they'll also be able to interact with us online on LinkedIn. Um, so yep, yeah, sign up there. It's really simple and they'll be part of the community in seconds. Yeah, it's really worth it. There's, it's a brilliant community to be part of and there's a wealth of information that will, you know, that will help anyone in their diversity and inclusion job. Um, Mark, thank you ever so much for joining me. I think you and I should probably arrange to have a a podcast conversation every couple of years just to kind of see how our businesses have developed uh (laughs) yeah your business and my business are uh they're cousins you know similar ages so um thanks ever so much for joining me today um and thank you for tuning in and listening to to mark and i having a chat about diversity and inclusion uh and really the importance of um sharing knowledge and information about diversity and inclusion so that we can lift other people up and also help us sharpen our skills uh, as diversity and inclusion practitioners or HR leaders. So thanks ever so much for, for tuning in and listening. And of course, there is another episode of the Inclusive Grow Show that will be coming out very shortly on all of the popular podcast platforms. So thanks very much and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.